Welcome to BPC Podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and walk in confidence in the life and calling that Jesus has for you. Today, we will be talking about the soul. Our soul is very hard to rationally explain. And I think that's why sometimes it's downplayed or minimized. But actually, it's very real and we should be exploring it. I'll use soul and spirit interchangeably this morning as I talk to you. Uh, There is some small theological differences between the two, but that really isn't important for what I want to talk about today. But what I do want to remind ourselves is that every soul, including our own, is precious to God. I can't overemphasize that enough, how precious you are to God. Just like every human body is unique in its DNA, so is every soul unique and worth saving in Jesus' mind. I want to introduce you to a little fable So just run BT now. There once was a town high in the mountains that straddled the banks of a beautiful stream. The stream was fed by springs that were old as the earth and deep as the sea. The water was clear like crystal. Children laughed and played beside it. Swans and ducks swam on it. You could see the rocks and the sand because the water was so fresh. High in the hills, far beyond anyone's sight, lived a man who served as the keeper of the springs. He had been hired a long time ago, and no one could remember a time when he wasn't there. He would travel from one spring to another in the hills, removing branches or fallen leaves or debris that might pollute the water. But his work was unseen. One year, the town council decided they had better things to do with their money. No one supervised the man anyway. They had roads to repair and taxes to collect and services to offer, and giving money to an unseen stream cleaner had become a luxury they could no longer afford. So the old man left his post. High in the mountains, the springs went untended. Twigs and branches and worse muddied the liquid flow. Mud and silt compacted the creek bed. Farm wastes turned parts of the stream into stagnant bogs. For a time, no one in the village noticed. But after a while, the water was not the same. It began to look brackish. The swans flew away to live elsewhere. The water no longer had a crisp scent that drew children to play by it. Some people in the town began to grow ill. All noticed the loss of sparkling beauty that used to flow between the banks of the streams that fed the town. The life of the village depended on the stream and the life of the stream depended on the keeper. The city council reconvened, the money was found, the man was rehired. After yet another time, the springs were cleaned, the stream was pure, children played again on its banks, illness was replaced by health, the swans came home, and the village came back to life. The life of a village depended on the health of the stream. The stream is the soul, and you are the keeper. So that parable explains, doesn't it, so well. For the village to be healthy, their stream needs to be healthy. And for our souls to be healthy, we need our, we need, for our souls need to be healthy, for us to be healthy, I should say. Then now the difficulty is, obviously, is that our souls can so easily get cor- corrupted. The sin around us can so easily entangle and ensnare our souls. 
But our souls are so important, aren't they? Because that is what lasts for us to eternity. Now, we're very concerned with self-preservation as a society these days and individually, aren't we? We have all sorts of gadgets to protect our homes and our stuff. We've got um, house alarms, haven't we? We've got fire alarms. We've got car alarms. We double lock our doors and install security cameras. We guard our online websites with security tokens, passwords and pins. We buy home insurance, fire insurance, travel insurance to try and protect ourselves. But if we care this much about the physical and material, we ought to be equally concerned about the spiritual, shouldn't we? Jesus spoke quite a bit about saving our souls. It's important to know that they can be lost and they do need to be saved. The salvation of our souls is at the heart of the sermon series on spiritual disciplines. The first and most important fact about our souls is the only way we can save them is to give our lives to Jesus. When a person becomes a Christian, we receive the Holy Spirit. Our souls at that point get what you might describe as a major upgrade. They operate in a totally new way and come under the protection and oversight of Jesus. But then what? Just like we would have um, a discipline to set the alarm and to double lock the front door when we go out, spiritual disciplines are what we need to protect our souls to keep our souls safe in Jesus. Now, Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it's better for you to live life like, cripple, like a cripple than with two hands and go to hell. Jesus was saying this to draw out that important principle for our spiritual lives. No matter the personal cost, we must be vigilant in ridding our lives of the corruption of sin. Removing sin from our lives draws us closer to God and allows us to be more fully used for his purposes, for his glory, for his fame, and for his renown. Now, the root meaning of the word a discipline means to instruct, to educate, or to train. Now, the word discipline doesn't often sound very good to us. We associate discipline more with punishment and judgment, don't we? But it's actually just about following a set of positive practices or disciplines that bring freedom, fullness of life, and joy to us. Now, there are many disciplines that have been developed over Christians over many generations, over thousands of years. Now, there's always a temptation for the latest generation of Christians to think they know better than the ones that have gone before. But I think we need to humble ourselves and remind ourselves of the timeless, some timeless spiritual principles and practices such as prayer and fasting that have been around for thousands of years and used for millennia of Christians to attend to their souls. We've looked at two spiritual disciplines so far. We've looked at solitude and simplicity. And the next two weeks coming, we're going to look at another two, worship and celebration. These are examples of what you could say of output or more corporate disciplines, but they're also those inward disciplines, like I mentioned, prayer and fasting being two. We obviously in our Lent groups this year, we've picked up prayer, but also study and meditation are two more inward ones that we could look at. But I want to take fasting as an example, just to illustrate uh, as I talk about our souls this morning. The act of denying ourselves something reveals so much about ourselves. When we fast, I think it's like holding up a spiritual mirror to ourselves. 
because we discover so much about ourselves when we do. So have you tried fasting? What did you find? Firstly, I suspect that you found it wasn't as easy as you thought it might be. What starts off as a very simple idea, well, I'll just not uh, have food today, and instead of the times when I have food, I'm going to pray instead. It sounds really simple. But any day that I choose to fast, you can guarantee it will be the day that people will offer me chocolates, drop a cake into the church office, or invite me out for uh, uh, something, I don't know, a beer in the evening or something. You can guarantee it. These things, fasting takes sacrifice, doesn't it? Maybe another one could be to switch out caffeinated drinks for water. Again, simple, you might say, but well, not so really. How often could we find ourselves relying on the drug of caffeine to keep us going? And without it, we discover we get headaches or we don't feel quite right in ourselves. It's in those moments that we fast that we actually realize where our comforts are and what are we relying on? Are we solely relying on Jesus? for him to satisfy us or do we find that satisfaction in other things around us actually so many things can become an idol for us do you know what? even exercise i think can become an idol sometimes now the route to fasting isn't about what we fast but it's about the sacrifice and space it makes in our lives for god to speak and minister to our wounded souls fasting nourishes our souls The sacrifice draws us towards Jesus. So how good are we at looking after our souls? We can so easily neglect disciplines which look after them. Just like at the fable, the village neglected to look after the stream, the river it needed for its life. And at first the village didn't notice anything, but over time they were slowly poisoned. And at least in the fable, the town woke up, didn't it? Realised what was wrong and return to the right ways but how often for us have we realized at times that things are wrong turned around and done the right thing we so often we neglect disciplines and spend our lives for example in perpetual anxiety and worry we neglect our souls we neglect our health and well-being I guess I want to implore you, do you understand how precious your soul is to Jesus? He died an horrific death to save it, so please don't take it lightly. Treasure it, nurture it, care for it by investing in these spiritual disciplines. There are many more besides. We're just giving you a taster in this sermon series. If you want someone to journey with you, a spiritual director or someone to encourage you into these, then get in touch. We've got some people in our congregation that specialize in that and are training in it at the moment. They would love to journey with you and encourage you in that. But I want to finish because we're in Lent and we're journeying towards the cross. So I want to just finish just with some words Jesus spoke to his disciples about the cross. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. For what good is it for anyone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So I leave you with this question. How are you going to use spiritual disciplines to protect and nurture your soul. There's a new season coming for our church. 
The spirit is on the move again in a way we haven't seen for a long time. You know, look at that prayer gathering. Well over 100 people gathering to intercede and pray for this town. I feel it here on a Sunday morning. I see it as I speak to people. God's beginning to stir and to move. He wants to use you. He wants you to be a part of this. Now's the time to prepare your souls to be a part of a new season in Bedworth. Don't miss the opportunity. Get on board now. <laughs>